episode 32, featuring Jay Pinsky, recorded October 2021, starts now. He has hunted all across America and around the world. Rifle, pistol, shotgun, crossbow, compound, traditional, he uses them all. He's an outfitter, an award-winning outdoor television host, and founder of America's only organization fighting to protect every hunter's lifestyle. He's brash, he's bold, he's humorous, and a bit hot-headed. But when it comes to all things God, family, country, and hunting, He's Keith Mark, and he's right on the mark. Welcome back to another Right on the Mark podcast. And you know what, Josh? I think we're going to be uh, right on the mark again today. Our guest today, Jay Pinsky, uh, he's going to drop some truth bombs on our uh, hunting listening public, don't you think? Yeah, it sounds like it. I can't wait to, to hear what he has to say. And it sounds like he just got back from a hunt, so maybe we'll touch base with him on that as well. You know, it seems a common theme, Josh, among our guests. They are all good people and they all hunt. You know, right. imagine that. Just just, just, right. just think about that for a minute. Maybe we can improve the quality of human beings across the country if they would all pick up a bow, pick up a gun, pick up a spear. I don't know. But uh, if they would just hunt, you know, I think uh, people would be better people. So I'm interested to uh, visit with Jay today. And for a number of reasons, number one is background, which, you know, he's got a military background, which a lot of, you know, my closest friends do. He's an outdoor writer, a prolific outdoor writer, and um, he's a student of the art of war, which I think when you combine all of that, hunters could learn a little bit from this man. So if you stay tuned, we've got an awesome guest tonight, today, um, Jay Pensky. You're going to want to hear what this guy has to say. Right on the Mark is brought to you in part by Hunter Nation. Hunter Nation defends all of our traditional American values, God, family, country, conservation, and our hunting lifestyle. Join the unified voice of the American hunter by visiting HunterNation.org today. Welcome back to Right on the Mark. And with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Jay Pensky. Jay, welcome to the podcast. All right, thank you for having me. You know, uh, you just got back and you were kind of bragging about uh, where you've just been. Why don't you just go ahead and brag to our listeners a little bit? Sure. So I, I had the uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I work as an outdoor writer uh, as a part time job. My full time job is I'm a federal employee for the USDA, uh, but I also serve as the editor for the Hunting Wire. And because of that, I was very blessed to have the opportunity to be invited by Weatherby to go to Saskatchewan. Canada to hunt waterfowl with Zach Hine, who's their director of marketing. Um, and we went out there and we, we played with their, uh, their new shotguns and <clears throat> which is their element and their 18 I. And of course their Orion uh, over and under, we hunted waterfowl. I'd never been to Canada to hunt. So uh, we were very successful. Uh, was very organized, very professional uh, trip. What, you know, Weatherby is a great organization. It's always done things very professionally. Yeah, they are. Uh, you know, when I was doing when I was doing television, Jay uh, had the great opportunity to meet those folks from Weatherby. Good Christian uh, people there at Weatherby make a great product, uh, almost like the family owned uh, business atmosphere every time you're talking to them. So, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the times that I've spent with those guys. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Adam, Adam and Brenda that, that own it, they when you say like a family, I'd like to, you know, politely correct you and say they are. <laughs> 
They, yeah, uh, but yeah, you're right. And the atmosphere is, you know, it's like I talk about Mossy Oak being the family owned business atmosphere. Of course, it really is family owned, but it goes beyond just the family owners. They've really uh, every everyone that works with them. I think they feel like they're part of the family. And then when you're, you know, doing something with them, man, they make you feel right at home as well. That's, I sure do. And I, I noticed that uh, specifically on this trip that the, the Canadian people that they were working with. The, the outdoor writers and the, and the vendors that they were working with, they all emulated that same uh, set of morals and values and ethics, not necessarily Christian. I don't want to get into that, uh, but that, that they had high degree of character, that they were very loyal, that they, they had a fam- sense of family. Um, I saw that across the board. And one of the things I was thinking was, gosh, this is why Weatherby is who they, who they, you know, who they are because their entire tree is populated with the same kind of apples. Yep, exactly. So, uh, and that's that's hard to do in today's age, and, and that's a, that's a testament to the Weatherby family. It's a testament to what a, to what Adam and Brenda have been able to do. So it, you know, there are lots of great companies, but anytime I get a chance to work with Weatherby, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm I'm going hunting with with my family. And, and that's, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. And you mentioned something earlier, and and you know, obviously, I uh, uh, read the Outdoor Wire regularly. Uh, some of our listeners might not even be aware of what that is, Jay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Outdoor Wire and sure. um, how people find it? So the Outdoor Wire is the, is the largest and most prolific of the wire services uh, owned and operated by Jim Shepard and Alex Maselli. Um, Jim Shepard is probably well known in the industry. And what the Outdoor Wire is, is a daily uh, news newswire, similar if you're a press guy to the AP Wire or Reuters or something like that, where every day they're putting out uh, succinct and, and important news about products, what's going on in the industry, developments, uh, politics, as far as how it's affecting the gun industry and hunting, um, local, local, state, and federal agency information, information. Uh, new developments with uh, people moving around in the industry, new hires and promotions and things like that. And under the umbrella of the outdoor wire is where I am in, with the hunting wire. Now the hunting wire is newer. It uh, started, I think by Richard Mann, a great mentor and writer himself. Uh, and then he brought me in under his wing and I took over from him a few years ago. Uh, so I was very blessed with that opportunity and we've grown the hunting wire um, to be something focused specifically about hunting uh, and we've added some content to the hunting wire which is based off the r3 model where what we write about in addition to you know press releases and product information tries to center on how do you recruit hunters how do you retain hunters how do you re-energize hunters that already exist Um, and whenever i work with different vendors uh, and different nonprofits, when we write about things we try to put that spin on everything that we do. So how do, how do we find those? Uh, how do we find all that good stuff, Jay? Sure. So if you want to go to the outdoor wire, you type the, the outdoor wire.com. And if you want to visit the hunting wire, it's just huntingwire.com. Perfect. And of course we have several other wire services that we have archery wire, tactical wire, a birding wire. Um, but they're all, they're all based off the same model, which is serving as a brokerage for, uh, news and information about the industries. And then uh, some of the wires have a specific content like the hunting wire, uh, which is based on that, that specific audience for hunting or, or birding or things of that nature. So all good stuff, all good stuff, you know, and obviously I'm the founder of hunter nation. And one of the things that we have found is that hunters just 
aren't informed. And it's a dang shame because if they go to any of your services, they can certainly stay informed. Hunter Nation's doing our best to inform them. Why is it, do you think, that hunters have just paid more attention to, as Michael Waddell told us on the podcast, just sweep their own back porch? Uh, they don't worry about the other guy's back porch. They really aren't interested or historically haven't been interested in informing themselves. They really have shied away from politics and getting involved um, even at the expense of our own lifestyle. Why do you think that is with hunters? Sure. So, you know, these are my opinions and, and not those necessarily of the hunting wire or the outdoor yeah. wire. I love questions. the disclaimer. <laughs> sure. Well, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, first and foremost, I can only speak for myself as a hunter, but I can, I can guess in the sense that most hunters are isolationists. Part of what draws us to the hunt is the one-on-one the -on -one pursuit of us versus nature. Um, and we want to challenge our minds and our bodies and, and even our emotions to be able to pursue this, this critter, um, you, you know, for meat, for, for emotional or spiritual or, or physical or mental uh, success um, and, and go from there. And when you're in that pursuit, when you're in that frame of mind, you tend to self-isolate uh, because you hyper-focus and uh, you aren't necessarily so, so concerned about what everybody else is doing at the time. And that isn't, that isn't a slight toward hunters. No, um, not at all. That's just a, a fact of, of the nature of the beast. Um, hunting can be a group activity. Certainly, you ever been to a dove shoot or a rabbit hunt? Those are obviously, you know, group activities. But by and large, you know, hunting is, is man versus, or, you know, and woman, of course, uh, versus that, you know, nature. So, there's that, that there's that aspect of that where, you know, then there's the simple fact that people want to be left alone. I know when I go out in the woods and I hunt, um, I'd like to tell you that it's hundred percent focused on being successful at harvesting the animal. But the truth of the matter is most of the time, I just want peace and quiet and I want to shut off my mind uh, and I'll get it into a tree or I'll get next to a tree. And yes, I want to be successful at what I'm hunting, but most of the time I, I just want to escape everything else that's happening in this world and being in the woods allows me to do that. So there's that aspect of it as well. And then uh, there's, you know, there's the part where, which is part of what, you know, I wrote in, in the hunting wire editorial, which is there may be some people who believe that, you know what, I I'm hunting. I, I've got my land access. I'm good. And none of this is going to change. And whatever happens to other people, you know, I may or may not feel good or bad about that, but I, I, I don't really care because this this isn't affecting me and it's not in my most, you know, my innermost circle. So I, I don't have to really worry about this and I'm not going to waste the time to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other part may be. Well, let me stop you before you go to the other sure. part, Jay. That's the one that concerns me the most. Mm -hmm. I call that the Titanic mentality. As long as your cabin is on the top row of the Titanic, some of these people think it's OK. And, 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 you know, obviously it's not okay because uh, while we're out setting in and near trees and enjoying our peace and quiet and not really worrying about other things, the enemy is trying to divide us and ultimately conquer us, meaning eliminate hunting if possible. We see it in Oregon right now. There's legislation in Oregon right now to make hunting fall under the animal cruelty statute which would eliminate all forms of hunting, even 
if you're hunting for the food of it. So I think this Titanic mentality or, hey, I'm good and I'm not going to worry about my fellow man, fellow hunter. Boy, I tell you, if, if, if we can do anything is we've got to change that one. Go ahead. Yeah. And that was that was pretty much the, the, the foundation of, of what I wrote. Uh, and with that, it, I understand. I understand this. I, I, I understand people feeling that way. Um, I'm not necessarily wired that way. I was having a great conversation uh, with Eric Morris um, from Non-Typical Outdoorsman uh, last night, and we were talking about the different phases that a hunter goes through. And, and the final phase is the legacy phase where you are more interested in mentoring and helping others um, and, and, and the, the event of hunting and the feeling of hunting more than necessarily trophy hunting, so to speak, or, or being successful at, at killing whatever it is you're going after. Um, and, and none of the stages are any better or worse than the other. It's just a natural process. So, um, and some people get hung up in that. I, I know there were times where I was highly focused on, on just, you know, being successful, killing a deer, killing a bear, or, or you know, and Lord knows I've tried killing an elk and that just haven't happened yet, but mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, there are a lot of hunters who, who are, who are that way. Um, and in my opinion, I, I respect their ability to do that and, and, and their choice to feel that way. Uh, unfortunately, with so many people coming after hunting and doing it in such intelligent and creative and collaborative ways, uh, we cannot afford to operate independently because no matter how strong one hunter may be and how good they may be at what they do and how well-funded they may be, or how, um, you know, how savvy they are toward laws or environmental issues, they are not helping. If they choose not to, to collaborate with other hunters and help other hunters, then what that means is, yeah, they aren't going to be taken down first. They're going to be taken down last. And what happens is the enemies that are coming after us grow stronger. And as you take out the weakest people, you eventually learn more tactics. You learn more about your, your, your adversary and you grow stronger and you grow uh, more well-funded and you get more people on your side to the point where you finally come after the, they're super successful, super well uh, funded, uh, super well-educated people who think they can't be taken down and it's too late because now you're dealing with an organization or a movement that is so strong, so well-funded and so well-rooted in legislative affairs that you're defeated. And that's what we're trying to avoid. hundred percent. You got to know your enemy and we got to take a quick break right now, Jay. And we're going to come back because I want to go back to the uh, three R's that you mentioned earlier um, and some of that divide and conquer theory that's hit our own miss. So stick around. Do you have the spirit of the wild? If so, check out tednugent.com for one-stop shopping for concert updates, hunting opportunities with Ted's sunrise safaris, autograph swag, Ted's latest news, and anything, Ted. Visit tednugent.com. Welcome back to Right on the Mark. And our guest today is uh, Jay Pinsky. And, and Jay, uh, you have an a, a interesting background, and I do want to get back into some of these hunting topics. But uh, tell our listeners about you and your background that brought you to where you are and what you're doing today. Sure. So, And, and thanks for that question. Uh, I, I joined the military, the U.S. Navy, right out of high school. Thank uh, you for your service, Josh, sure. and I thank you for that. Obviously, we're big fans of the U.S. military. Uh, most of my friends are military and we've had them on. So great. Thank you for that. 
Sure. Um, and, and thank you. Thank you for the compliments. Um, the, I served the first half of my career as a submarine uh, mechanical engineer. I was a, uh, those in the Navy, I was an A-ganger. I was a machinist mate. And that did well. Um, and then they, they discovered that I uh, had a gift for Gab. And they helped the Navy uh, helped me become a, a journalist within the military. And, and from that, my career really took off. Um, and I became a, a photojournalist for the military, then become uh, became highly focused in photojournalism and combat photojournalism, which is a broad term. It just means that you're expositionary. Uh, and I covered uh, the Department of Defense's uh, military forces all over the world in all kinds of situations. Um, and that, but that was that's where I was able to develop, you know, my writing, uh, some public affairs work, uh, some people skills and things of that nature. Uh, but the whole time, uh, I was always trying to get back to the woods because I grew up in North Carolina. I was the son of uh, Army Green Beret at Fort Bragg. So I spent a lot of time in the woods. Uh, and when I was in church, my mentor uh, from my youth uh, organization that I was in, he would take me hunting. He taught me hunting. And that was where we talked about the birds and the bees and uh, how to be a young man and, uh, you know, and our Christianity. And he used that. He used hunting as a platform to be able to relate to me um, as a young man and help me grow. So that never left me. Uh, it's tough to hunt, you know, when you're in the military because you're always gone. Uh -huh. And when I retired, right, really, as I was retiring, I then um, sought out a, a natural resources and sustainability degree from Virginia Tech. Did my master's there. I learned about sustainability and natural resources, especially from a leadership role. Um, started doing some freelance work thanks to some mentors in the outdoor industry. Um, I'll always be very grateful to Athlon, but then Harris, they gave me my start. Um, Nino, Nino and those guys have always been very good to me. Uh, and the rest is history. I was able to network and start doing a lot of writing for them, the NRA, uh, for Luke Hardo over at Gun Digest. Uh, so uh, and I've gotten a lot of great opportunities and met a lot of great people because of that. So that's, that's how I've gotten to where I am. Awesome. So, um, you did, you were talking in the break about some contractor work. Tell us about that. Sure. So a few years ago, um, I was, uh, looking to do some work, uh, that, that paid well to be, be very frank. So I, I networked and was able to work for a company that, uh, that wants you right now. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no. Yeah. So I worked for a company that had me work as a contractor for the uh, Department of Homeland Security. We worked for CISA, which is Cyber uh, Cyber Terrorism Infrastructure uh, Security Agency, I think. Uh, and my specific job <laughs> was election security during the uh, 2020 election. So uh -huh. that was a very interesting place to be, um, regardless of whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Um and I learned about mis and disinformation and malinformation and how that impacted Americans. Um, and unfortunately, mis, dis, and, and malinformation, that affects hunting just as much as it does elections or anything else. Uh, and I started uh, taking that optic and applying it to the hunting community that we have. And I realized how much damage we're doing to ourselves and how much damage anti-hunters are doing to us that, uh, through ourselves. So, yeah. and, and that's what led me to write what I did for the hunting wire. You know, uh, and there's some people that get mad at me when I say this, but I think we're involved in the epic battle of good versus evil. And um, we have an enemy uh, in this endeavor. There are those out there that would crush 
all of our traditional American values of God, family structure, our, our country itself, and certainly our outdoor hunting lifestyle. And, and if we failed to just recognize right off that you have an enemy, then one, you can't understand how the enemy thinks and reacts and acts. Then in turn, you can't defeat the enemy. What's your take on that? Sure. So I think it's, you know, again, and these are all under uh, the art of war and, and it's for the audience that's listening. So you have to know your enemy. And me personally, I think probably the biggest mistake we make as a community is we underestimate our enemies. And, and let me stop you for a second. You mentioned something there, Jay, that maybe some folks aren't aren't familiar with uh, the art of war. Um, you know, what, what is that? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about that as we as we go on down this trail of what's going on to our sport. Sure. So Sun Tzu, a Chinese a gentleman who wrote a, a book about tactics and, and philosophies of, of, of combat for combat and, and leadership and things like that. So the uh, what was going on is he wrote this book that's full of tactics that's used by, I'm sure, military and leaders and really business leaders around the world and has been done so for decades. But it teaches you, it really helps you frame and label different philosophies and ideas when, when approaching different opportunities or obstacles, whether it's war, a business meeting, an adversary, uh, even relationships. Uh, Sports, everything. I mean, you know, and the, I, and, and, the, and the kind of the cool thing about the, if I'm right on my history, the uh, art of war uh, was written almost 200 and some years B.C., and so it stood the times, the test of time, um, you know, centuries. Well, yeah, that's the thing about good writing. If you're right, you, you, was, you, you were able to withstand time and, 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 and changes and moods. And that's why the Bible still stands is because it's right. Yeah, so, correct. Um, yeah, so the, the thing about the, the art of war and, and knowing your enemies is this, uh, to, to get back to what, you know, your question was, I think because of the difference in physical makeup, the difference in how they carry themselves, the difference in how they talk and what uh, a lot of people in the hunting community consider to be maybe uh, not so macho or not so physically uh, successful things in the, in the not hunting community that they, that they make the mistake of thinking that anti hunters or, or people who are against meat or people who are against firearms, that they're weak or that they're not smart. Or they're not, or or that they're not capable, or, the, or that they can't be aggressive, um, and I think that those are all ideas that are uh, that work in favor of our enemies and work in disfavor of us. Because the truth of the matter is, just because you disagree with someone, and just because you feel like your way of life is is better, that does not mean that your enemy is any less capable and any less uh, motivated to, to to overwhelm you and defeat you than than, than you are of them. Um, a great example of that is, you know, you ask any soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guardsman, you go to Afghanistan and you, and you fight the Taliban or you go to Iraq and you fight, you know, ISIS or World War II generations fighting the Germans. Those guys were hell bent on defeating you and they didn't have to have uh, better technology or, or better training or better tactics. They figured it out. And the truth of the matter is anti-hunters are doing the same thing. Um, and I think if the hunting community as a whole... Uh, would get to the mindset of understanding that the people that are coming after us are just as, and even better. So probably better served to think of them as smarter than us 
it, it would help us to organize faster and help us to put petty differences amongst ourselves aside. It would help us to redirect funding that we need to have um, and, and help us to focus uh, more succinctly in defeating these things that are coming after us. You know, one of the things that I uh, like the most or the best about the president and CEO of Hunter Nation, Luke Hilgeman, is that he wants to change the philosophy of how hunters approach issues um, politically and otherwise. Uh, hunters have played defense forever. And, you know, as well as I know, that defense, it portrays a certain connotation, uh, weakness. Um, Sun Tzu says defense portrays weakness. Um, uh, offense portrays um, superiority. Right. And so and sometimes it's what your enemy thinks um, is more important than what's really true. And so what Luke has done and what's going on right now up in the state of Wisconsin is we proposed a series of bills, uh, pro hunting, pro conservation bills. We went up there with Ted Nugent. Uh, we did a press conference on the floor of the Senate. We took an aggressive posture. These are good bills. These are bipartisan bills. This is pro hunting. Hunting is perfect. And we're going to fight to get these passed. And we actually got some Democrats. They're out of the Senate. They, they, they passed the Senate with some bipartisan support. So what's your take on the whole idea of hunters sweeping their own porch and just playing defense when we need it versus, hey, the time has come to fight for what we believe and be a little bit more on the uh, offensive? Well, I don't I really don't want to uh, murder a really powerful passage, but there's a, there's this series where they talk about and I think it refers to the Jewish uh, population during the Nazi uh, occupation where they talk about coming for different people and the people at the top of, of the chain ignore the, the smaller people who are being taken uh, and they say, well, I don't worry about that because they aren't coming for me. They aren't coming for me. They aren't coming for me. And eventually they come for you because there's no one else to left to defend. Right. Well, the same is true here. And that philosophy, that philosophy applies to lots of people. Um, I think that one of the main things about missing disinformation uh, and the, the art of war here is this. Uh, lots of little sections or subcultures of the hunting community are being isolated and separated. And that's being done on purpose. They want, right. they want there to be infighting. They want archers to fight between crossbow people and vertical bow people and recurve people. They want muzzleloader people to fight amongst 209 primer people versus straight old school flintlock people. They want long range shooters to fight against short range shooters. They want uh, lead based bullet people to fight against copper plated, you know, or not, you know, non, lead based uh, no people. doubt no they want, doubt they want people that run dogs to fight against people who don't run dogs and it's bad enough that we fight amongst ourselves but what the anti-hunters are learning is that if they can aggregate or i'm sorry uh if they can you know instigate more fighting amongst ourselves we become so obsessed with fighting ourselves that it makes us easier to pick us off one by one and yep. that was a tactic that I learned uh, about, you know, studying election mis and disinformation. Uh, I no longer work for that company. I work now full time for the USDA, which is a completely different mission. But the uh, I, I really want American hunters to understand this, that the fighting that we're doing it not only is it hurting ourselves, but you're making yourself more vulnerable 
to the, those of us who or those of you know those who want to defeat us um, because we're, we're making people who are really all hunters weaker um, and we're, we're picking those you know those, the, the enemy is picking us off one by one so we've got to stop that stuff it, it really is silly um, and uh, now a lot of that let's be fair that means that we have to police our own organizations and we have to police our own subcultures. You know, if you're a dog hunter, you need to be an ethical and, 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 and sound dog hunter. If you're right. not a dog hunter, you need to be tolerant and inclusive to dog hunters and, and know that what they're doing is just as fun, you know, just as good and legal as what you do. It's just different. Um, but you've got to support people who don't necessarily do things your way. Um, otherwise, you know, yes, if, let's say that all of a sudden they outlaw dog hunting and you're somebody who's against dog hunting when you think, oh, man, that's great. It's not great. Here's why. Well, they just successfully defeated dog hunting. Now they've got to win. They get more money. They get more right. influence. They get more power. And then they slowly start coming after you, just like in Maine, when they're coming after bear hunters, they want to go. They're like, oh, we're not against bear hunting. We just don't think that you should bait. We think that's harmful to the environment. We don't think that's fair chase. That's what they tell you. But what they really want is they don't want any hunting and they're, and they're taking it, you know, they're, by, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you defeat hunting one small issue at a time? You know what, Jay, you're hundred percent right. We got to take a quick break. I do not want to leave this topic. So if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to come right back and talk a little bit more about this divide and conquer mentality that the anti-hunting enemy is implementing as we speak. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back. This segment of Right on the Mark is brought to you by Mossy Oak. At Mossy Oak, a life outdoors is in your DNA. Shop their incredible pattern selection and more at mossyoak.com. Mossy Oak, feed your obsession. All right, welcome back. We're with Jay Pinsky, and uh, Jay's working up on a hard deadline at the end of this, so uh, we got to percolate right along. So, Jay, right now, what you're saying is is coming true in a lot of places. We saw backcountry hunters and anglers and the Montana Bow Hunters Association fought an initiative to try to get crossbows legal for disabled uh, hunters, disabled veteran hunters during regular archery season. That is a perfect example of what you're talking about, the divide and conquer and fight amongst ourselves, right? Yep. And, you know, we also had uh, a recent big media uproar over when the meat eater came out and said he actually opposes the three R's that you're obviously advocating. Again, uh, I, I hate to keep bringing you back to Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu has said it's very important that you have spies and it's very important that you you, you know, that there is misinformation out there. And I think hunters need to be very careful of where they get their information and don't just rely on one source. They should uh, should do their homework. You agree with that? Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think at all that Mediator or Steve Rinella is against hunting um, or, or R3 when, when it's all said and done. Um, I think that what he was trying to say, and I think it was his brother who actually said it, um, was I, I think that what he's trying to say is that there are a lot of hunters who don't want to crowd their spaces. And, and there are people who believe that if you, cr you create too many hunters, that there's going to be a shortage of resources. Now, uh, that topic, you know, I'm thankful that Steve Ranella and Mediator brought that topic to debate. How he did it is something to be argued about. 
But the truth of the matter is having that conversation is probably good for us. You know, that's definitely a topic we can kick around for a long time, but we're short on time. And so what I want you to do is I want you to tell our listeners, whether it's scold us, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, you, you know, exalt us, but what can hunters do? What is your recommendation to our listening hunters to try to break this cycle and put us more in a winning frame of mind going forward against this anti-hunting force that we're against? Sure. That's a great question. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak on this on your platform. This is my advice. And I hope that this rings true for every man, woman, and child that, that listens to your program. This is how you defeat anti-hunters. We as hunters, regardless of how you hunt, find the common ground that we all share. From that common ground, move out from that one at a time. We all love to hunt, so we start there. And then we move from that, and when we find issues that we disagree about, learn that it's okay and that you don't have to stop somebody from doing something a little bit differently because we're still family. And then... It also helps to simply have a conversation, get off social media, quit being a, a keyboard ninja or a keyboard warrior, go have a beer or sweet tea or a glass of water or want, whatever it is you like to drink and sit down with the people who don't like to hunt the way you do. And guess what you're going to find out? You're going to find out that they are doing what you love to do for the same reasons. They're right. doing it in a different way and mm -hmm. find the bonds and Amen. remember who we are and build friendships, build relationships and protect your fellow hunter. Um, and when you do that, you're going to find out, uh, first of all, you're going to find out just how much hunting means to other people. And it's going to reinvigorate you as a hunter. It's going to help you become a leader and sometimes a better follower. Uh, and it's going to help defeat the people that are coming after us. You know what, Jay, y your words are so powerful. Um, and you're, uh, you're an exceptionally wise man. Um, I appreciate you're on our side in this fight, my friend. I mean, your writing is incredible. Your reach is fantastic. And I'm going to ask you, hey, how do we get you to write some one-offs um, that we can put at the HunterNation.org website? Because, you know, we, we've got a pretty big following. We're trying to unite the American hunter. We're certainly trying to inform them on these critical issues and, and honestly, I've had a lot of guests on here, big name guests, but your words are just so true. And I think that this is exactly what the American hunter, man, woman and child needs to hear. So uh, can we coerce you to do a little uh, one off writing for HunterNation.org? Sure. I'm happy to do whatever helps our cause. Um, and and this, if I if, if I may be so bold, I really like to plug uh, our voice of leadership panel that's on the hunting wire because we have some excellent leaders in the community. Uh, what the voice of leadership panel is, it's a, they're all volunteers. Nobody gets paid uh, of community leaders within the hunting industry. Uh, and they, we attack and address serious issues. So when you go to the hunting wire, honeywire.com, take a look at the voice of leadership panel and listen to the people there talking. You've got uh, you shoot like a girl. You've got Weatherby. you've got uh, NSSF, you've got, uh, uh, stewards of outdoor conservation. You've got the NRA and we're all very different, but we're talking about key issues uh, and attacking it in a very aggressive way. And sometimes we have some very heated discussions there. Uh, so there are lots of leaders. If you're, if you're someone in the community who is responsible for, for your direction of your, in, your company or, or your movement, you know, share the wealth and, and, and teach others to be leaders uh, and, 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 promote a sense of moral, you know, moral fiber, 
uh, and, and keep moving forward. So that's, that's, and we all have it in us. So that's, yeah. that's well, it, we sound, it, it sounds like a place we need to get Luke Hilgelman um, to join you guys right there. So Hunter nation can, you know, learn and listen from those other folks and maybe they can learn a thing or two from us as well, because the one thing we're trying to do with Hunter nation is to unite hunters. Right. And just what you just said earlier, doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter where you do it. Doesn't matter what you're hunting. We need you to be uh, united. So Jay, you've been an incredible wealth of knowledge for us today. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and there are lots of great leaders out there. And any wisdom that you think I have, uh, it's because of great mentors uh, and great leaders that have been able to help me be successful. So I'm only a product of our community. And I'm very humble and thankful to all the people that have helped me over my career. Well, we'd like to get you uh, to be a bigger part of what we're doing with Hunter Nation because your uh, words, wisdom, and sounds like your goals align perfectly with ours. So, my friend, God bless you. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks for taking time out to uh, share your uh, knowledge and passion with our listeners. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Josh, what do you think, man? Well, first off, uh, I didn't, I've never read The Art of War, and I started trying to find when you said how many years it was B.C., yeah. And you said still relevant now. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and not to mention, um, like Jay says, the Bible, right? I mean, you know, if you look at the oldest of the texts, there's usually something to it if people are still reading. Our good friend, Mark Osgeist, Benghazi hero and decorated veteran, has a new mission. And you can help him. Help him honor Americans who have served our country silently behind enemy lines as contractors and through their heroic and courageous acts have fallen or been injured. They need our help now. Visit shadowwarriorsproject.com. That's shadowwarriorsproject.com. These heroes gave a lot. The least we can do is give a little. Welcome back to Ride on the Mark. And what a whirlwind guest Jay Pinsky was, Josh. Yeah, I mean, I, I could listen to that guy talk for hours. I mean, super, super, super smart guy. And I love his, not all of his opinions are 100% aligned with mine, but I'll sit here and listen to him and learn from him just the same. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's really kind of what he's trying to tell us. Um, you know, if you're a bow hunter and I'm a crossbow hunter, or you like high fence and I don't, or you predator hunt or have dogs, I mean, the whole idea is that let's just start with we're all hunters. Right, right. And, and then, I've always said I'm, I'm never going to spear anything or handcuff a hog, but God love you if you do. Right. You know, it's all, all, all part of what we do. Um, and we need to support it. If it's legal, if it's done ethically, hey, you're one of us. And if it's yeah. not, like you said, police our own stuff. I mean, if yeah. you're doing it wrong, uh, and I mean wrong in a sense of ethically or legally, we have to call you out. Wrong doesn't mean you use a sharp stick and I use a bullet, but I'm talking mm -hmm. about legally or ethically wrong, then it behooves hunters to, to square that away. But the truth is, and you and I've had this conversation, Josh, the vast majority, 99.9% .9 of all hunters do it correctly. Mm -hmm. No, nope. yeah, 100% agree. And, and he talked about the anti-hunters a little bit. And to quote Luke Hilgeman, their favorite pastime is trying to take away our favorite pastime. And, I, don't and think you should, I don't think you should give that quote to Luke. That's something that Donald Trump Jr. said on a Great American yeah. Tales with me. Remember, he said, yeah, you know, be careful because, you know, their pastime is to destroy or their hobby is to destroy our pastime. 
Well, even better. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I'm sorry, Luke. I didn't mean to one up you, but uh, that was that was really Donald Trump Jr. So, Josh, are you going to get the book? You going to get the art of war? I am. I am. Yep. It, it sounds like a, a great thing. And, and like he said, just about the Bible. I mean, it, the truth is a truth, no matter if it was wrote. 475 years ago, BC. I mean, the, the Bible is right and the art of war is right. So right. can't argue with that. No. And again, you know, I mean, I think this is why Hunter Nation is on the right track because um, our enemy grows stronger every day. Our enemy becomes more, more well-funded every day. And if hunters don't sort this out in their own brains, like immediately, it's going to all be over before they realize it. I mean, and, and that's the honest to goodness truth. He gave some references, historical references, Germany back in the 19 late 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it happened over a gradual period of time. Look at Australia. They took their guns. Next thing you know, the police are shooting them with rubber bullets and corralling them for not wearing a piece of cloth over their face. I mean, their rights were eroded over time to the point where they there wasn't enough of them or they didn't have the resources to fight back. And if hunters don't realize we're 17 million strong right now, that if we unify, there is no special interest group that can beat us. There's not one politician that can legislate us out of our lifestyle. I mean, we are a large number of God, family, country, uh, traditional American value loving individuals. And if we unite, I mean, I, I just don't see how, how we get beat, Josh. Right. But I will say if, if we don't keep recruiting, we will get beat because I mean, just in my small brain at 34 years old, they're comparing my high school to your high school where you could, there was probably shotguns in the back windows or rifles in the back windows because you were going hunting after school where now, I mean, it's, it's hard to get a kid away from a game boy or whatever they're playing now. I don't even know, but we have to do it. We we have to do it. We all have to take that personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not getting easier, I guess, is what I'm saying. The recruitment is getting harder because the kids have a million other things to do. And if, if we don't recruit and, and get that next generation of hunter, that's the only way they can be this. And, and the only way they do that is making it harder to hunt, making the more laws to, to make it harder to hunt. I mean, that's the only way they'll do it. You know, I, I agree with you, Josh. And I encourage everyone that's listening, if you haven't gone to HunterNation.org, HunterNation.org, that group is fighting its ass off to protect hunters and our hunting rights, hunternation.org. Check it out. I I guarantee you, if you spend 10 minutes on that website, one, you're going to learn something. Two, you're going to get pissed off to see what's going on with these anti-hunting groups, what they're trying to do to us hunters. And then you're going to join and get active because everyone that I've ever talked to that spent any time on that website, they learned something, they got pissed off, And now they're active. HunterNation.org. God bless you all. Come back again. We'll have more right on the mark down the trail. Right on the mark invites you to like, share, and subscribe today. The views and opinions expressed on Right on the Mark are not necessarily those of our host, guests, or sponsors. Right on the Mark is produced at Hunter Nation Studios and is the property of Bow and Arrow Productions, produced in conjunction with BLT Productions. Copyright 2021.